Welcome to the audio version of the Star Citizens Writer's Guide. I'm your host, Alyssiana, also known as Sayla from the Mystic Worlds Gaming Blog. Begin transmission. Hello again, citizens. Welcome to another installment of the Star Citizens Writer's Guide. Errata. Here's a change from issue two that we wanted to update you on. Convicted criminals and assimilated cultures defeated in war, such as the Tavarin, are never allowed to become citizens, and a long history of behavior deemed counter to the purposes and the dictates of the UEE can cause your citizenship to be revoked. That has now been revised to, Convicted criminals are never allowed to become citizens, and a long history of behavior deemed counter to the purposes and dictates of the UEE can cause your citizenship to be revoked. All right, we're going to roll right along with our second section of Alien Civilizations. Again, I'll invoke Cavett's A and B before proceeding. To repeat, we are still building up the races, designing their appearances and backstories. So this will be a collection of knowledge that have already been released. That being said, since it's not being told in fiction form, you'll get a slightly better understanding of the species in question. The Van Duel History very little is actually known about the Vanduul as a species. They first introduced themselves to humanity by attacking a colony in the Orion system about 250 years ago and things haven't really improved since then. The UEE's entire interaction with the Vanduul has been through combat. After the end of the Messer error, the new Imperator attempted to stop the violence and open diplomatic relations with the Vanduul. The disparate structure of the Vandu civilization makes it nearly impossible to negotiate with the species as a whole. But none of the individual clans offered anything but hostility. The diplomatic emissaries were exclusively met with laser fire. One result is that we don't know why they hate us so much. While it's easy to see why the UEE refers to them as simply barbaric, the Vanduul are not stupid or merely savages. Homeworld if the Vanduul have a homeworld, it is unknown to humans. Some scientists suggest that the planet may have been destroyed or abandoned, which scattered the Vanduul clans into a life on the drift. Political System Meritocracy You are what you obtain. There is little to no communication between the different roaming clans. Each fleet operates as its own society, with its own independent set of rules, laws, and customs, as decreed by the clan's chieftain. As such, it's probably impossible to make peace or establish diplomatic relationships with the Vanduul as a whole since there is no cohesive civilization. Society The Vanduul's family structure is also very distinct from humanity. There is one tradition that exists throughout all of the Vanduul. Once a child reaches adulthood, usually around the human equivalent of 13 or 14, they are banished from their family. Before they go, the parents will fashion a knife for the child. This knife will be the child's only possession as he or she sets out into adulthood. They will receive no money, housing, or support of any kind from their former family. Everything that the newly recognized adult achieves starts with the knife and grows from there. Therefore, there is no hereditary transfer of money or influence. You get nothing for being the child of a chieftain. You are judged by your own accomplishments, not who you were born to. Consequently, these knives are treasured possessions that they keep for the rest of their lives. While it is possible to legitimately gain one through personal combat, 
If the Van Duel discover that someone has obtained a knife through theft or sale, they will take it back in the most excruciating way possible. Diplomatic status. With humans, none. With Banu, some clans trade with the Banu planet states. Xi'an. While distance plays a factor, there are a lot of unfriendly systems between the Vanduul and Xi'an, their limited contact has not been particularly fruitful. Some clans have established tentative trading relationships, but the majority of Vanduul regard the Xi'an as manipulators and cowards, while the Xi'an view the Vanduul as short-sighted barbaric thugs. Religion Due to the cultural emphasis of self, the idea of a higher power aiding or affecting your life has never really caught on with the society. Therefore, the individual is held in high regard. So the closest thing to a Vandua religion is the admiration of a specific person or what he or she was able to achieve. Their youth are educated in the lives of exemplary Vanduul of the past, specifically the choices they made and how they overcame their environment and distinguished themselves. Personality Traits From a purely anthropological perspective, the Vanduul behave like classic hunter-gatherers. They are a very insular species. They rarely interact with those outside of their clan, even other Vanduul. If you should find yourself engaged in conversation or trade with a Vanduul, they will be all business. They find engaging in pleasantries to be inefficient and insulting. In combat, the Vanduul are relentless and merciless. In a textbook raid, they will hit hard, fast, and never intentionally leave survivors. Over the decades, they've adapted their tactics as they've learned the purpose of human structures, so most clans will hit the common stations first, then target landing yards to minimize the potential resistance from the air before sweeping through on foot. Is it possible for a singular human to establish trade with the Vanduul? Yes. We haven't figured out the exact details yet, but it would be very difficult. The Tavarin History Humanity's in first interstellar enemy and second. The UPE first established contact with the space-faring civilization in 2541. While not as technologically advanced as us, the Tavarin were beginning to strike out into the universe. A proud martial society, the Tavarin wanted what we had and struck first. While the battlegrounds never threatened Earth or terror, what the Tavarin lacked technologically, they more than made up for with strategic brilliance and endurance, causing the war to last over four years. The turning point was the infamous Battle of Iteris IV, which introduced a young officer, Ivar Messer, to the populace of the UPE. After the Tavarin defeat, the UEE terraformed the Tavarin systems for human colonization. The remaining Tavarin were either absorbed into the UPE or fled to Banu or Xi'an systems. In 2603, a new Tavarin warlord, Korath Thal, emerged from the corners of the cosmos with a rebuilt Tavarin battle fleet and launched his first attack against the UPE systems. Their sole mission was to reclaim Elysium IV, their former homeworld. While it was a sympathetic cause that some humans could support, the UPE wasn't about to give up territory. This war lasted seven years and touched almost every corner of the UPE. 
On August 2, 2610 Standard Earth Time, Karath Thal suffered a catastrophic defeat at the hands of Squadron 42 at the Battle of Centauri. With his fleet rapidly falling to either destruction or surrender, Korath Thal mustered his remaining loyal pilots to make a desperate charge for Elysium IV. Though they suffered an additional 70% casualty, his fleet finally reached the atmosphere of their old homeworld. Korath Thal and his pilots lowered their thermal shields and dove for the planet. With this second defeat, the spirit of the Tavaran race was irrevocably broken. The Imperator, Messer II, used the victory to cement his place as the ruler of the newly Christianed United Empire of Earth. Homeworld, formerly Caliph, terraformed and colonized by humans and renamed to Elysium IV. Political system, former. The Tavarin were somewhere between a feudalistic society and an oligarchy. The military ran everything. The only way to upgrade your station in life was to distinguish yourself in combat. That being said, those not in the military weren't ignored. Since everybody contributed to the system, everybody was cared for. Some fought, others farmed. The highest title was Warlord. It sounds much more violent than it is. The Tavarin were not a bloodthirsty race. They simply honored the art of war. Diplomatic status. There isn't an official Tavarin civilization or government, as the race has been defeated and assimilated into the UEE. A few showcase Tavarin have been given citizenship to display the UEE's tolerance, but total Tavarin citizenship might be measured in triple or even double digits. The rest couldn't care less. Military Even though the Second Tavarin War ended over 300 years ago, 2610, there is nearly a culture-wide resentment of the UEE military that resonates to this day so the number of volunteers in the UEE military is very low. The majority of Tavarin in the military arrive via the UEE judicial system. Certain Tavarin criminals are offered a choice. Serve your time on the quarterdeck or do a mandated number of tours in the front line, being cannon fodder or the Dirty Dozen Squad, usually patched together from Tavarin and human convicts. It's possible, though rare, for Tavarin to elevate in rank from these squads into more legitimate branches of the UEE military. Religion Originally, the Tavarin followed Rijora, a warrior code similar to Banshido on ancient earth. The Tavarin believed in honor, fealty, and duty above all else. Breaking their strict code meant excommunication, or even execution in certain circumstances. After their defeat in the First War and the loss of their homeworld, the Code began to lose popularity. The Second Tavarin War was an attempt to reclaim Tavarin's previous glory. When it failed miserably, the last believers of the Rojora flung themselves toward Caliph, burning up in the atmosphere and crashing into the planet. The rest abandoned their beliefs for good. This climatic period was known among the Tavarin as the Purge, during which time most of the Tavarin destroyed their codices, the only holy writ of the Rajora. Personality Traits There is a sadness and anger through most of the Tavarin, a melancholy that their species is on the decline. After their planet was lost, many Tavarin channeled their aggressive nature into addictions and violence. Tavarin mercs are noted for their ruthlessness and lack of fear. Gone are the honor-bound spiritual warriors of the old. The killers are all that remain. The average Tavarin finds little joy in life these days. 
When interacting with them, most humans find them to be terse and cynical. Writings for Aliens It's tough, especially at this point. We're in a zone of development where we're juggling all sorts of considerations to work out the gameplay, balance, and other mechanics. In short, we're still building and exploring this stuff for ourselves, so there isn't the usual list of hard, established facts for you to work from. We're hoping that you're getting enough information to start making educated guesses as to how we will handle the questions that you might have, but at the end of the day, it comes down to character. If you construct a believable character with thought-out motivations, clear needs, and backstory, the facts about the society become less important. Remember that no one person represents every facet of the culture they come from. End transmission. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Your comments and feedback are always welcome. Links to the actual writer's guide are included in the show notes. All music is courtesy of the Star Citizen's unofficial soundtrack, also in the show notes. This is Alyssiana, signing off until next time.